We are all out here trying to snatch that bag and become software developers, but it's not all rainbows and sunshine to get there. Software engineering is a complex field which requires a lot of knowledge and skills. The good news is that these skills can be learned by anybody who has the will to do so. And I believe that you do. Hi everybody, it's Samantha and Chanel, and we're back with another episode that you don't wanna miss on the Deeper Than Tech podcast, where we talk about how to grow your career in an industry that was not designed with us in mind. We'll be diving deep into this topic, but before we do, if you're loving this podcast so far, make sure you share it with a friend or a coworker. So me and Chanel, we're both software engineers, and we didn't get there overnight. There was some work to get there. Chanel, what was the hardest part about software engineering for you? Man, understanding that I needed to have a learning mindset. That's a good one. Yeah, we constantly have to learn as developers. It's not gonna be like, oh, you passed this test, you're done. No. <laughs> oh, you passed the test. There's like five more after this one. <laughs> mm-hmm. How did you get that understanding? Honestly, my director. So when I first got into my role, my director was very intentional about building relationship with me and like all of the hires. He really um, appreciates community. And so anyway, I was telling him that, you know, I didn't realize <laughs> that it would be so much that I would have to continue to learn and how much time that I would have to devote and again, managing that time to devote to learning all of these specific things. And so anyway, long story short, he began to let me know that, hey, like the reason why engineers are so sought after, the reason why this career is so lucrative is because we understand that you have to continue to learn. And so we want to make sure that you have all that you need, including finances, including like the awesome offices, so that there's less things that you have to worry about when it comes to thinking because we know that your brain is already on overdrive. And so I didn't realize that the environment was already conducive for me to do that. I was more so just kind of complaining that I had to do it because I was like, bruh, I just suffered through this three-month-long project. You mean to tell me there's more? (laughs) No. There's always improvements. (laughs) Always improvements. And it's funny, I tell my mentees this all the time, but y'all living it out, it's a whole nother story. Character. But anyway, from there, he, you know, was obviously very open to sharing out resources and connecting with other people. And from there, I realized, like, Chanel, it's okay to continue to learn. And what I did is just made it, you know, fun now. So if I am learning something, I'm going to create, you know, from the space that I'm learning and then see as I'm doing if it's really sticking. Well, sometimes with our jobs, we're not always doing the fun thing. (laughs) Sometimes we're just like, you got to build this. You just build it. You mentioned that you want to have fun. How do you keep learning about that? I had to learn Objective-C on the job. I've never had any kind of C language experience. I came from a very uh, Python life and everything was more so like linear, you know, utilizing softwares like MATLAB, RSS and things like that. So anyway, so now having to pivot to a C language, which is way more verbose, verbose, lots of more syntax and words that have to be spelled in order just to say print. It's too much. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Internally, I help with creating different kinds of apps and things like that. So for me, I said, how can I do this and make it fun for me? I'm just going to, you know, create something on my own. And so I just started like playing around and creating my own specific kind of apps. Maybe I'll learn like different kinds of model view controllers and understanding what that looks like. And maybe like putting black women on those MVC spaces and say, sis, you're looking good. And when I tap it, it's a whole nother sis. Like, you know what I mean? Like different interactive spaces where I feel like I can show up authentically as myself, but also feel like I created something really beautiful as well. Even if no one looks at it, I can like, you know, look back at that and say, wow, I remember 
remember, you know, going through that space and, and, and kind of implementing my learnings. Are you doing these learnings on the job or are you spending outside the 40 hours a week to learn these new skills? That's a good question. Hashtag work-life balance, y'all. Okay? Make sure you implement the work-life balance. I'm not that great at it right now. Right now, I'm way better than I was back then. But anyway, I was using some time, some time, half of my hours working on that app, like, internally, like, at the job. But after hours, because I would be so, like, immersed in it, because I was having so much fun, I continued that work outside. So I probably shouldn't have. (laughs) But the way that I told myself I really wasn't working was because it was a personal project. Even though I was still technically working. But yeah, don't be like me, (laughs) y'all. I think when I first started my career, I was actually working outside the the 40 hours to learn. So I wouldn't feel behind. I wouldn't have that imposter syndrome. I am a true believer that you have the skills before you actually need the skills. So that's what I would do. Now that I'm a little bit more senior in my career, I'm not doing the extra (laughs) work. I'm going to be like, this is my foundational time. I'm going to learn doing that time, which is like usually a lot of companies will give you like 10% of your time to like keep up with your learning. Because if engineers are learning new cool technologies, the product can be better. And I think jobs should give you that space to advance the technology at the company. So I said, I absolutely agree. Yes. (laughs) So we talked about a little bit about beginning of your career, you should learn outside the job. So what qualities does one need to become a successful developer? Hmm resiliency that is like i feel like the number one thing to be resilient not everything is always going to work not everything is always going to be accepted by management and the higher-ups when you're developing something especially in test but being able to be resilient so if they do say no you can say okay no to what like what part is a no is it a no for the text that I chose? Is it a no for the process I'm choosing to implement? Like, what's the no so I can address it to become a yes? I think it's also important for you to be able to communicate well. I'm going to say that this is something that even myself, I am learning more about and challenging myself to get better at. Because back in the day, you know what I mean? As a UX researcher, I was more so the one like asking the questions. I didn't have to really like quantify the data. It was another person that did that and had to communicate the story. I was just more so getting like the mathematic part together, giving them what they needed to kind of speak about it. Now, Chanel, what did you mean? You know that thing, the one with the circle and the three dot? Girl, no, you didn't. (laughs) So understanding the intricacies of the product that you're developing and being able to communicate that is so important. Important, not only for your knowledge base around what you're doing, right? Because it's important for you to know the why behind the work that you do, but so that when you are talking about it to external folks, either not on your team, but obviously work together with your team, like other stakeholders. And even if you have questions with your manager specifically on various things, you can now say, hey, Mike, I was working on specific A, B, C, D, and E. It's located in the upper right-hand corner. I think this is what we're trying to drive in terms of the engagement metric. You know, I'm thinking about implementing, you know, this set algorithm rhythm to guess maybe their next you know motion whatever it is being able to communicate it in that way of like again where everyone has same language some say similar because everybody doesn't speak the same but being able to share that similar language base is very important I love that you didn't mention anything about your technical skills to be a software developer some people think oh all they're doing is coding 90% of your time yes as like an entry level you might be coding a lot more than somebody who's a senior But soft skills is what you really need to be a a great 
developer. They don't put that enough on job postings. It's always like, can you do React? Can you do this? Can you do JavaScript? <laughs> like, but soft skills is what makes the company grow and making sure that you have that communication skill. Because if I could build a whole app, but if nobody knows what it does, <laughs> what's the point of doing that? So exactly the nail on the head <laughs> you definitely did yeah i think it's important and i feel like the branding and the marketing behind being a software engineer is misconveyed like it's misconstrued in order to be a, the best self in any space but specifically within engineer or any kind of tech role is to have the soft skills because you can teach anyone the hard skills you can't teach people the soft skills no you can't teach people how to be nice right you can't teach people how to like give you updates on a regular but you could teach them how to code talking about teaching how to code let's be honest Computer science is very hard. <laughs> I'm terrible at computer science, but it's doable. How do you feel about that statement? That's a good question. Man, let me tell y'all, I'm going to give you a real life synopsis. Again, like I said, I was going to school for to become a doctor. In the coursework that I had to take, because I was also a majoring in mathematics, I had to take a computational analysis course. And what was that? That was Python. When I tell you I failed Python almost three times the third time i finally passed with a c and to think that that is the class right now that has helped me to progress in my career is insane it can be challenging because it helps you initiates your mind to think in a different way we were trained i'm gonna say in the united states the way that we were trained in school was to find a solution one way for a solution but we don't always think about the solution becoming in different ways and if you do have multiple solutions, what are those repercussions? And so engineering, especially with Python and computational sciences courses, was a lot. And so I think it's important for us, you know, to, to make space for that. That is true. It's okay. But through all of that as well, allowing your mind to expand because it is a new way of thinking. And I think that's what makes it hard. It's because you have to now think a, certain, a different way versus somebody leading you to an answer. That's exactly what it is. Because <laughs> we were always taught one plus one equals two, mm -hmm. but maybe mm -hmm. one plus one equals three. <laughs> but to like, <laughs> but anyways, that's a whole other conversation. I think that's just funny. <laughs> but yeah, we have to think outside of the box to come up with a solution. Sometimes my solution is going to be different than somebody else's solution. And then figuring out how that solution can be faster and more relevant for the user. There's a lot to computer science, but yeah, it's doable, but it's hard. So talking about things that are hard, sometimes we feel discouraged when we're becoming successful de developers. Sometimes people tell us, no, you're not doing great enough. What gets you out of that front? It was hard originally. When I first started my role, we had a pitch meeting with product to figure out like where we wanted to begin to scope our new ideas. And so I thought my idea was like this greatest idea. I was like, man, if I was a user, I would want this. Like, this is great. It was great. I already know. Ciao. <laughs> And being honest, there's a lot of area of opportunity there because I did not think about all the other things that goes into a business decision, right? So yes, as an engineer, we can say like, this will be great for our users. I think, you know, after talking to designers and, you know, talking with engineers based upon the feedback that we've gotten, this is great. But I didn't consider how much space that would take up, like space and architecturally, like software data. I didn't consider how much space that would take up even on screen. I didn't consider even like what would be the measuring metric for a specific thing. Like there was a lot of different spaces that were like, okay, so how are we going to do this? Why are we going to, like, you know what I mean? I just like idea. Great. So even though it was really cool and now I'm able to like, I'm building upon that same idea right now. Now that I understand a little bit more about the different areas of the business and what they would need to say yes, I think it's important for us to make sure that we understand what we are trying to implement when we are trying to get your management or manager to say yes to a specific idea. 
Now, again, it was not easy. You know, for me, initially, I did take offense. I was like, not y'all telling me that my idea is not genius. <laughs> <laughs> and I had an attitude. But my manager suggested Creativity Inc. to me, one of the most amazing books. He gave that to me on my Appleversary, not this year, but last year. And he was like, Chanel, I want you to read this book. And in this book, it talks about how Disney and Pixar became so iconic. And it talks about the different ways that they created ideas and how they implemented. And someone will have an idea, they would do a rough draft and share it out before they would even execute the idea fully. If you're a designer, that's something like a lo-fi wireframe or, you know, fidelity model. But anyway, then they talked about how like people would give them feedback and they would go back and do iteration two. And so now they would put a little bit more in. And then from there, people will say, oh, yeah, go this way, go that way. And then now they would have an amazing product that would be legacy, 100 years lasting. And so that's the same way that we need to think about our products. It's not about whether or not I'm right or wrong or whether or not you said yes or no. It's about if this really is addressing the issues that our users are using. And if it is, is it going to be a timeless address? We don't want to like make a solution for something that won't last. We want it to be a long lasting. And the way that we do that is by continuing to iterate multiple times. And that is okay. And it's healthy. It's healthy. We don't always have to have someone say yes. Sometimes you do need to have a no to help you with, you know, further thinking through your processes and building your engineering or, you know, whatever discipline character you have. You know, like folks say, it builds character. Child, it helps build character and resiliency. So if he did not say no, I don't think I would have been able to be in the space that I'm in now where I can now confidently come in a room and be like, okay, this is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it. This is why, like, you know, I'm addressing this feature. And these are the repercussions of that. Yeah, no's hard for me as well. I throw a fit. Like a small child in my head. Like, they just told me no. <laughs> Why did they just tell me no? <laughs> so I love that you have built that, that character trait of like accepting this and like figuring out how you can iterate on the next version. Very important life skill. Was there anything recently that you were not able to solve? You're like, oh, you didn't think you were able to solve, but then you solved it. Girl, yes. So again, I went through this whole trilogy of learning Objective-C, thinking I need to get all these books, learn different kinds of like app kit and iOS, Mac OS, all this kind of stuff. Ciao! I literally realized that all I need to do is just understand the basic, understand a different pattern, understand what these specific like methods or functions do. And then from there, figure out what else I needed to do and then find the code for that. Why am I reinventing the wheel? Sis, I wish I would have known that earlier on, but I wouldn't be able to get here if I didn't go through that long journey of process. So I went around this mountain. I'm now, you know, again, like I said, I was supposed to be working on the specific project, put it on hold. I'm like, oh, I need to learn a little bit more. Now I'm coming back around the mountain. Now I understand key concepts, understanding the product, understanding the why behind the use of specific product. And from there, I'm looking and like, oh, okay, now I know exactly where I need to tackle. You know, first, what I need to tackle first, where I need to tackle it at, what I need to add, what I need to remove, and what kind of question to ask. I would be going into meetings asking the most ridiculous questions because I didn't understand what I was doing. But now that I do, now I get really fruitful answers. So, anywho. Yes, I had an issue when, you know, first I said no, but now utilize the work that I put in to understand and learn. I'm able to implement that now. And child, we're getting paper. (laughs) Yes. Money, money. So thank you, Chanel. I love to see that you have grown in your career. And that's what this podcast is about, making sure that we all grow as people in tech. And thank you so much for listening to the Deeper Than Tech podcast. Bye. (laughs)